Welcome back to Visceral Music, the music podcast. We talk about tracks you found on Bandcamp, on SoundCloud, and we're sent in by listeners just like you. If you want to send us your music for a future episode, you should go to our website, visceral.music.blog. You can also email us at visceralmusic at gmail.com. My name is Ryan. I'm joined by Craig. Hey, everybody. You can also follow us on Twitter uh, at Visceral Music or Blue Sky at whatever the shit they put after the stuff there because yeah it's weird um but yeah uh if you don't follow us there i do almost daily band finds on Bandcamp, and Mm -hmm. it's uh very fun it's a great time yeah i i I waste a lot of time instead of working i do this um and it's great yeah Uh, we're also joined by ono hello yeah i hope you guys can hear I hope you guys can hear me. I'm under my covers because I'm scared because oh, it's Halloween. That's right. It's a spooky time of year. Oh, yeah. I guess uh, this uh, will uh, come out on today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You are listening to this today. Excellent. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Craig, I'm, honestly, I'm always impressed by like how much you are on us for like, get those tracks up, get our show notes, and you're posting <laughs> stuff. I'm like, isn't this full of doctor? Like, like, who's dying out there because this guy is finding bands on Bandcamp? It just it blows my mind sometimes. Well, I'm not that kind of doctor, which helps. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't you be doing some surgery or something? Yeah. I mean, honestly, that probably would kill a lot more people <laughs> than <laughs> me searching Bandcamp. Not probably, it would. 100% would. Well... You know, gentlemen, um, it's obviously a spooky season, and unfortunately, we actually did get some pretty terrifying news, specifically about Bandcamp. Um, I don't know if our listeners, I imagine many of them who actually listen to the show, they use Bandcamp a lot, and you've probably noticed, not only has there been a change in maybe some of the releases coming out, but the ownership of Bandcamp has unfortunately changed, and it's not looking great. Again, yes. Craig, tell us, I mean, you know a little bit more. Like, like, What do you know so far about the folks who have now purchased Bandcamp? Well, um, when it was sold to Epic, it just seemed like a really... A video game publisher. Right, a video game publisher who um, was hemorrhaging money left and right when they decided to buy a company that had nothing to do with video games or anything that they do to try and get uh, people to use it, I guess, in their free game. I don't understand Epic's business model at all. Like, I don't either. Because everything is, fr- like, their biggest thing is all free, and it's like all microtransactions. Is that right, on Hill? Like, with uh, yeah. Fortnite? Oh, yeah, definitely. Kid- yeah, kids, they steal their parents' credit yeah. cards and spend, like, thousands of dollars on V-Bucks. <laughs> Which would explain why they're losing billions of dollars a year. Uh <laughs> And then they bought Bandcamp, which is a profitable site and has been for over a is decade. It? it is, actually. Okay. I, I feel like... Um, there's a weakness. Anyway, go for well, it. Sorry, so we'll it's self-run and profitable. It's it's not billion-dollar profitable, which means in corporate parlance, it's worthless because uh, <laughs> it's only <laughs> self-sustainable and allowed to grow at the size that it needs to. Um, it's, what a stupid business model. So anyway, Epic bought it. Uh, their CEO came out like a month or two ago saying, like, um, I'm really bad at my job. Uh, we're, we lost a couple of billion dollars. Um, it's all my fault. Uh, I wish CEOs would say that more often. Like, I really suck at this. No, God I mean, it. that basically was his statement. <laughs> like, it was weird. Um, and then, so they, they sold off Bandcamp, which again, positive moneymaker. So they, they're they're losing money. Uh, they sell off Bandcamp for who knows how. I, I didn't even look to see what the price was, but I'm assuming probably less than what they paid for it because, again, Epic doesn't know how to do business. 
Um, but they sold it to like a VC licensing, music licensing company, Song Trader. You know they're legit because they dropped one vowel um, in their name. Uh, and basically what they've been doing the last, I don't know, five to ten years um, is just buying music licenses and um, losing money, I think, probably. I mean, they, they get tons of money from VC people, but they, they're not profitable in and of themselves what they do. Uh, so again, I don't I don't know how business works. Like none of these companies make money, but they're all worth like thirty, forty billion dollars. I don't. And, I mean, we're going to get into that because uh, okay. I can explain what the, the model is here. Well, that yeah. they're going I mean, for. it's okay. not good. But anyway, so so they they bought Bandcamp, which uh, on face value makes sense because it's like okay, now they have hundreds of thousands of releases now that they can funnel into their music licensing service and try and generate money that way. And they could just leave the company alone and not do anything with it because, again, it's a self-sustainable, profitable business. Uh, so what they did is they um, – I would assume they asked Epic as part of their deal to fire half their staff. So that's what they did to Bandcamp is they basically fired half the people. And, uh, the Mitt Romney approach to business, you know, just got the oh, place yeah. and, uh, and, you know, yeah. reap the profits from just having not to have to pay anybody. Yeah, exactly. Which, again, they were already making money, <laughs> um, but not enough. So firing people apparently makes people more money uh, in the short term. So I'm not I'm – not, uh, and then, yeah, then they, they changed the licensing agreement, so now you can't um, p- upload cover songs unless you have okay. proof. Like, I don't, like, none of it yeah. makes sense. Cause Let's get to some of those still cover things. songs on, the, on the, the thing. They haven't, like, wiped them. That is true. And I think we're going to go through some of the real changes as well as, I think, some of the uh, possible changes that we can expect to see coming to Bandcamp, which will only be awesome. Right, Arno? I can't wait for this yeah. bit well, of possible yeah, changes. I, I'm, looking for, <laughs> I'm looking forward to when we, uh, like in 10 years, when we buy Bandcamp for like a couple thousand dollars. Whoa, that's going to devest that much. That's amazing. Yeah, well, let's get to our first song. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me some more about that, but okay. Here's our first song. <laughs> Craig, cut that sounds out. Yeah. This is our first track. I'm going to extend that France. silence to about 15 minutes. So, uh, <laughs> so it's going to be very This is from a band called Volatile with their track Organized Shapes. Craig song, but you know, I loved it. It was catchy. It had like this riff that was kind of simple and repetitive, and it actually repeated a bit more than I expected, but you know, it was still just uh, hooking me in. And it sounded really good. Like uh, it wasn't too uh, crunchy or lo fi. Like they, they put the guitars right where they need to be at the front of that track there. Um, but Craig, how about you tell us about it? Well, so this is absolutely amazing, in my opinion. It's the most Constellation Records band and album uh, that's not on Constellation Records I've ever heard. Um, there's battling bass clarinets for Christ's sakes in it, you know. So you know, like just that in of in of itself makes it for an A plus track. Uh, like you mentioned, the guitar line it's it's quite groovy. A lot of the other tracks, like the guitar, plays a much l- less of a 
less of a role in it. It's it's a lot more focused on the clarinets and the bass clarinets, which I find amazing. Um, but I chose this song mostly because I think it was the shortest one on the album, so I didn't. So I'm not going to run into On Hill's complaint of like, oh, you put up a seven minute track. <laughs> um, as yeah, it's just got a lovely driving drone feel to it. Like you said, there's a repetitiveness to it that keeps it not like that actually propels it forward instead of I feel like instead of like making it languish a little bit um I love it it's a perfect album I, I bought it almost immediately and I've listened to it so many times and it's it's just great so on hill tell me why I'm wrong <laughs> uh well um I can't so I thought it was pretty good actually so I didn't think it it's an instrumental but it didn't get boring to me um, I really like the clarinet stuff, like you said. I thought that was really cool, a little different. Um, the drummer, like really carrying that song, I felt. Um, there was a funny, there's a funny tag uh, for this release, uh, and it's the tag is repetitive, which I found <laughs> hilarious because that's like one of my biggest complaints with instrumental song. But this one actually didn't do that. It, you know, it may have been repetitive, but it didn't, it didn't bother me. Um, yeah, apparently they the, kept it to the yeah, three guy, minutes, you know. So that's yeah, this guy's like yeah. a. I think he's like he's like a yeah. French composer. I think he mostly does like soundtrack stuff. And like, yeah, this, I was gonna like, say this that, definitely. I don't feel is not soundtracky at all. It's definitely like an album to be listened to, but it's it's very like it's obviously a, a very tightly composed album. So it's it's kind of cool to hear like a I guess a, a modern classical composer I, is what he would probably be considered making something that's very. Not, it's not like not post rock, but it's very in that. Like I said, Constellation Records. If you listen to anything Constellation that was put out in the mid two thousands, do make say think like Pan Am, uh, Re, anything like that. It's like this is right up in there. Yeah, and, and it's a good one. I, actually, I didn't even think of Constellation Records until you mentioned it and you listed those bands. I thought, okay, yeah, I could see that. Um, especially the the music scoring background of the uh, of the the band or the songwriter. Uh, obviously this is the kind of stuff I think we often find on Bandcamp like this is what Bandcamp was made for is a band like this is it going to be a problem now that we, we as you mentioned uh, before we got to this track Craig that now in their terms of use you can no longer play a cover and we've seen like you know lots and lots of covers out there I don't necessarily have a problem with that but um, I don't know how do you feel this is sending us in the wrong direction here that they made that one specific change well, it's weird. So, like, because I don't, I don't, when I, because I was a, a loser and, like, kind of read over the, the terms of service change fairly closely, I guess, because it was, like, on top of the page, like, click here to hit OK for whatever. I think maybe it's because I upload music to the site, but they seemed way more concerned with cover stuff than, like, sampling or, like, you know, things in that realm, you know, it, like, I guess if the, if the sample is short enough, it's fine or whatever. Like if Shazam or, or a uh, Soundhound doesn't pick it up, you're cool. But I think mm-hmm. next, uh, next episode, we're going to talk about how they don't give a shit about that either. Um, but yeah, it's weird that, yeah, they, they single-handedly called out covers, even if you like put your album up for free, that you need like the licensing rights, which again they're a licensing company, so it makes sense. So I'm wondering if it's just a, uh, it's in there to protect themselves from their own artists getting mad at them if they find their work on Bandcamp, or if they're how like much they're actually going to try and 
push back not push back but but like search it out like i guess prevent covers from being uploaded particularly mm-hmm. like if they put in parentheses cover blah 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 will that get tagged and if people just don't do it it's fine like that i'm kind of curious to see what that's like uh, moving forward i mean the the irony is that Bandcamp, which i've always seen as kind of like the wild west like people just doing all kinds of sample shit not legal or at least not copyright but then when i go on to spotify where people have to go usually through a company um, to put your music onto Spotify and they are much more strict about like, you know, we obviously are going to have to have the rights if you're going to make money off this and et cetera. But I see cover songs all over the place. And I imagine most of those people have not paid Taylor Swift or whoever to do that. So I don't know. I don't know. Do you, is this worrisome that Bandcamp seems to be taking a harder line than some of these other kind of uh, more uh, mainstream kind of music uh, uploading sites? Well, <clears throat> yeah, I think... I think if it hits the if it gets more into the sample sampling, it'll be a really hard hit because there's a lot of people that I've seen a lot of releases like a lot of releases where it's just like they're like uh, doing mashup stuff, sampling from video game soundtracks, you know, just sampling from uh, old uh, like soundtrack uh, like movie soundtracks. See you later, vaporwave. Their own Maybe stuff. this is a good thing. Oh yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. A lot you. of vaporwave would get fucked. Yeah. So it's just like that would be a really big hit. I think more than the cover issue, because, like you say, it's like a wild west where it's like you know there's not really rules where you, you can go ahead and just do this and be creative and do some art and you know do your art or whatever. But now it's like okay, now you can't do these samples unless they're clear. Well, who the fuck's gonna get a cleared sample from Nintendo, for example? I I saw one the other day that was pretty good. It was um, they were using a lot of samples from the newest the Zelda game, and I love that soundtrack. So I was just listening to that. I thought it was really good. But it's like, okay, if that's a problem, well, you know, Nintendo's not going to fucking clear this shit. So goodbye, like goodbye that you know that person's discography. Yeah. So that would be a bummer, I think. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more. It's already started to happen. Um, I don't know exactly. Uh, yeah, well, let's play a track here that Nintendo also would not uh, clear. Uh, this is from Evil Sword with their song Criminy Yicket. because it's like it's, it's you know it's creepy because uh, you're the one who actually brought the the Halloween uh, notes to to this episode here. I'm I'm super down for this because it's like a short piece from a, a two piece from Philly. It's just, uh it's messy. It's fun. I don't know. What what do you think of this audio? Yeah. So this is this is my pick. Um, this is definitely the best band with the name Sword in the band's name. Hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of bands out there with the name with the word sword in their <laughs> their name and I think this is the best one you know mm. for sure you know Shots definitely fired. better than like the sword or Bong being sword, sword. <laughs> or being sword um, I just want to say is what my phone yeah. always wants to correct it to yeah, I just want to say thank you guys for saying that at the same time because uh, perfect spot to sync up the uh, <laughs> the audio <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I picked it because it definitely has a very creepy kind of vibe to it, which I really liked. Um, also, the Love cover. The cover. Yeah. yeah, if you look at the cover, it's it's creepy. It's got you know person wearing with a pumpkin head on it. Um, to me, it, it sounds kind of like a song that you hear like in a movie about like Appalachian cannibals or something like that. You know, there's mm-hmm. it's just got like that kind of like twang, kind of like a twang to it, and lots of like the percussion is like using like I don't know pots and pans maybe I don't know it has that sound to it you know so it just kind of has that feel to it so I really liked it um, pretty interesting that the song can sound like very <clears throat> full or interesting with just two people you know doing stuff mm-hmm. I think that's pretty uh, impressive um, it's funny you should mention uh, Appalachian Cannibals uh, from a band from Philly because having spent time in Philly <laughs> I can tell you it is very similar to Appalachian Cannibals over there so that's, that's quite funny. <laughs> But yeah, so I just I I thought it was really great. I liked it a lot. Yeah. How about you, Craig? Uh, I so I think the imagery on the like the artwork and on the page itself threw me for a loop a little bit because I thought it was gonna be like 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 this song and the rest of everything. I thought it was gonna be like not necessarily like joke songs, but like like Halloween shtick type of songs, like monster mash, crawly, like that type of thing. But it wasn't, and so it took me a little while for my brain to turn off expecting that before I really like kind of dug into the music. So like I, and then yeah, the, I, I liked the the music a lot. I liked the vocal stylings and everything. Um, and yeah, so the more I listened to it, like this and a, a lot of the other tracks, the more I liked. Which that was a good sign. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this time of year, I'm not a huge fan of Halloween. I, I think it's silly. Um, it makes me feel uncomfortable to go out in costumes. Like I'm a, oh. I'm a very weird, self conscious human being. Um, so I saw that, wait. and then <laughs> wait, my, wait, can we talk about can we talk about your uh, your costume that you did with uh, your <clears throat> wife, then girlfriend, many years ago? If you want you to. Were, yeah. <laughs> you were a tree. Uh-huh. You were a tree, right? Yep. Well, so I never saw it. Okay, first of well, all, yeah, I never saw we this we were costume. supposed to meet up with you later, but we never did. And you you guys just fucking ghosted us that night like a bunch of assholes. Like, it was, <laughs> hey, it was Halloween. We ghosted you. It was spooky. Oh. <laughs> but you were a tree, and then she was a tree hugger. I don't know what she was dressed as, but I think she was supposed to be hugging you the whole time. Yeah. Or most of the night uh-huh. which is i thought it sounded like a great costume and i'm sad that i never even saw a photo of it oh there's photos <laughs> that's all i got i just want to see i just want to see you as a tree yeah <laughs> it looks pretty similar to what i look like now you're just like an ent <laughs> yeah ba- i mean basically i it was like Ooh, just walking really fast tall like, beardy asshole asshole <clears throat> yeah that's right yeah. I, some some like little like smaller guy like jumped up onto my shoulder and i just said <laughs> <laughs> that little guy was called no that was steve, steve yeah <laughs> i was gonna say yeah. oh we are, our friend Justin was already referred to as a hobbit, so you guys are basically just That's like also the, true, yeah. the fellowship, just walking around. <laughs> you know, speaking of, of the fellowship, um, Bandcamp has already started to cut some bands that, I mean, obviously, uh, well, one specifically, Macro Blank, who we feature on the show, that I like a lot. He's not really, I mean, he's not a songwriter in that a lot of his stuff is just almost like a mixtape. Like, he'll take a track, he'll make some slight modifications to it, and it's more about, like, the tone 
of all the tracks mixed together, which is fine. Like that's what his, his bit is. Um, but he recently got deplatformed on Bandcamp and was kind of like scrambling, like to put up other obvious, just like, I mean, it would have the same covers, slightly changed the name, but that was all the music up again. We were following that on, on Twitter. Um, and this is a guy who's does some live shows. So I have to imagine he probably made some money off of his Bandcamp website. He got kind of popular based on that. Um, so I don't know, maybe some, some of that is okay that I, I recognize that, Hey, if like you're now making a legitimate career and you're basically just kind of recycling other people's stuff and not paying any royalties, like there is a line that has to be crossed, but I do worry, like as Ono mentioned, if it just becomes samples in general are kind of cut out that they can scan it just like other companies can and see, Hey, that sound right there. You don't own that. You're not gonna be able to post it. I think it's going to cut back on a lot of creativity and the way the band camp is allowed little tiny artists to share some cool stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Does that scare you? It scares me. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's like if you, it's like YouTube sometimes how they will, you know, someone will, maybe they're like a reaction channel and they'll react to, you know, a trailer or an ad for something that they're looking forward to, you know, uh, or something that's in the sphere of what they are into. Like if it's a video game thing and they're reacting to video game um, announcements and stuff like that. Um, then you know those companies take down those videos because they have those ads or those trailers, and sometimes those ads and trailers have music, and so they'll 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 um, strike those rec- uh, those videos off because of that, and that's just kind of annoying because like okay now those people can't do what they do because you know you're just cutting into it all the time, and it's kind of a similar thing here with you know sampling. They're they're doing if they're sampling, they're making their if they're making music, but they're using samples. I mean. It's a bummer if it's going to have to go away now because, well, now what do they do? You know, yeah. it's kind of like a lot of, you know, hip hop stuff. You know, they have to release mixtapes because they can't clear all the samples, but at least mm-hmm. they can still, you know, get those out there for people to listen to. Yeah. It's like, it's meant to be seen as like, this is what I'm working through and I want people to be in that conversation. And I don't know. I, sometimes we treat this stuff like, oh, well, obviously you're using someone else's music or someone else's sample, like you should pay the rights. But like literally the entire music industry for, I don't know, the last 70 years has allowed for some of that to occur. Like, you know, little tiny garage bands would get large in their local community playing Beach Boys and Beatles songs. And then eventually they, you know, go beyond that and they make their own tracks and stuff like that. But like you need that space and you need to be able to share some of that with people. And I, and I feel like we're entering a very scary time when AI is going to be able to detect anything and just get it removed from any platform. That's going to suck. Isn't that right, Craig? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I was confused. So the, I thought the macro blank stuff was him taking stuff down as kind of a protest. But it, they, no. they actually sent no. him notice? And they just took it down. They just, the whole thing. He said, today, Bandcamp took down my website, and he would just pop up another one saying, hey, this is totally not mac- Macro Blank, and it was, you know, obviously was, and I don't know if those yeah. are still up, but... Yeah, because if you search Macro Blank on Bandcamp, he's not there anymore. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, for some... When there, was, there, yeah. Was some funny, uh, there was some funny tweets where people were talking shit to him, too, like, they were like, stop stealing shit, loser, or make your own music, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Hey, that's part of the conversation too. It is, but, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but to go back to some of the other stuff that you're talking about, like again, like if if Song Trader again, a music licensing site, can I don't like to me, and I don't, I, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing where like in theory, in a self-contained environment like that, again, this is 
a thing that makes the most amount of sense, but they probably won't do it because it won't net them maximum profit over one year as opposed to a lot of profit over 20. They, they don't give a shit about long-term stuff. But like you can think of a, a world where somebody puts up something using like mostly things that you can get find on Bandcamp. And then you, it's like a self-contained environment then that the the create like the the person that put out the music gets like 90% of the profits and then the 10% for all the other samples gets like spread out that way type of deal. But like again, they like somebody would have to work at <laughs> actually being able to to target like that type of like to find the samples and whatnot which Mm -hmm. is doable but if you fire half of a half your site like it's not right unless they in the song creator has on their back end things that they can go into there like to me like that that or the ai has gotten so good they just can do it without people well i can tell you one thing the the whatever (laughs) they don't they're not using anything to look for the licensed material going up on on Bandcamp because again looking daily at things I hear the same electronic shit on thousands of different things or Let's you'll get hear to that. we will talk we'll talk about that next week for or next episode for a very specific yeah. reason but I want to talk one thing about the what Anhel was saying with YouTube and reaction videos and it's so weird that they would take those things down because like especially like with movie trailers if i want to find a movie trailer and i type in move like blah 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 movie trailer there is 90 different fucking sites that are hosting the same goddamn trailer and it's like how is that possible like what 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 in what world does that make sense that you can have sites that just oh well they put 10 seconds of things but before the trailer and 30 seconds afterwards and now it's like their own thing but it's like the entire trailer in front of it but like so like sometimes you can't even find the right trailer from the 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 actual like movie yeah. studio anymore. It's all that is funny. I, that's happened to me so before. Weird. I'm like, wait, this is not a real. This is not even a real trailer. It's exactly. Just like collections of like if it's a sequel, it's just like uh, footage from uh, the other movie with different music, and they make mm-hmm. it seem like it's like a sequel. It's like what mm-hmm. is this? Yeah. Well, Ugh. let's actually get to something that is, uh, I don't know if it's a sequel. I'm just to say that I have no good transition it, it, here. But this is, I'll say it, it is a sequel based on what I'm going to say about it. <laughs> Excellent. This is a submission that we got from San Antonio, Texas, from a band called Goldfinch with their song, Calabasas. We're here to buy. Oh no, let me have you start because you just mentioned it is kind of a sequel. What do you mean by that? So it was just funny because I, so I, I, it, to me, it seemed like the bass player, like, stopped from the bass player from the last song, stopped playing the song, and then he walked down the street to Goldfinch's house and he started playing bass <laughs> <laughs> in that song. So it just, it, to me, it was just funny. It's like, oh, you just hear this really bass heavy song and then you start this song. It's like, boom, boom, boom. It's like, <laughs> just the bass again. Very nice. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, but, oh, go ahead. No, go for it. I tell us what you think of this. Oh, so other oh, than so, it being a sequel to the last song, <laughs> but I'm just that's just me being a dick. But um, I like this song a lot. It was really good. Um, I like the vocals. 
Um, kind of had like an Alex Turner kind of tone to it, but uh, less English. But you know, that's a good thing. It's not <laughs> uh, I really Way love the horns English. a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they're like from Texas, right? Um, I really like the horns. Uh, there was a really cool like bridge, or maybe it's like a multi-part song, or whatever. But there was like a bridge kind of. And it had some, you know, really nice piano and like a muted trumpet. So it kind of like changed the tone of the song a little bit. And then there's like another bridge where there's some synth. And um, yeah, it's just a really interesting song. Kind of like evolved over time. And I thought it was really good. I didn't get bored with it at all. Mm-hmm. I thought the vocals were great, like I said. So yeah, I really, for a submission, I say A+. Yep. When I was listening to this, like I initially had some criticism for how it was mixed before it gets to the chorus or some of those later movements in the song. And then I was like, oh, actually, no, they... they did address this or oh they they did change this thing that like i thought the guitars were not mixed loud enough in the earlier portion and then all of a sudden it gets really big and full um i was like oh actually okay that may, i guess they did that on purpose so it was good uh, i was i was surprised that i liked it that much but how about you craig yeah so i i'll just say i i dug the feel of the entire track i just want to say one minor complaint is similar to what what ryan was talking about where my complaint was like i thought everything felt like too cleanly recorded in a way like especially the horns in the beginning like the, or the for the chorus part like like on was saying like the multiple bridges and breakdowns were really cool i just thought the horns like popped way too much at the on the choruses which again is a dumb complaint um and like yeah because I, I actually like that i'll just say yeah that. well exactly that's yeah. why i said it's, it's it's a fairly dumb complaint um but like because i mean theatrical indie rock which basically is what this is you know like can be pretty hit or miss like because there's there's times where bands can be like so earnest it dips into corny territory like a lot of times with like the decemberists are huge into like being so like i love the decemberists but colin malloy can get so up his own ass that it's like okay dude like i don't that's fine but like i i felt like goldfinch like towed that line really well where it felt like it felt like it was a, a song that was bigger than what it was supposed to be in a way that felt nice and tight if that if that makes any sort of sense mm-hmm. sure yeah i think that's fair but obviously for a submission that's a pretty good track you know rarely do all three of us like a submission oh, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> has it ever happened <laughs> i don't know yeah i always get scared clicking on it because like i don't know because it's, it's basically a third Craig pick every time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> fuck. I mean, they're theoretically, yeah, I guess. But sometimes I, mean, I have to put in a... I mean, yeah. I felt good putting yeah. this one up. I'll just say that. Yeah. I, and I, I must say, I remember now, like, we did our this the bit for this episode about, like, how is Bandcamp going to change? We did the same bit when Epic bought it, but it was funnier then because it was like, oh, it's going to be, like, <laughs> yeah. NFTs and shit. Like, yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, this is what... Uh, they're going to do with Bandcamp. Within a couple of months, we're going to get a new notice that says, hey, um, terms of, of service have changed. Now you got to go back to all of your albums and you're going to have to approve and basically allow Bandcamp to have some rights to that. Like, that's what's going to happen. They're going to say, hey, we're hosting it for you. You know, um, we'll still give you a cut or something like that, but you are going to have to hand over some of those rights. And I know that that is going to be... Um, I mean, it's fine for me because I don't make any money anyway. So I'm like, whatever. Like, if someone wants to put this shit in their uh, their TikTok video and they take a, a cent or whatever it is, that's fine. But I think that's going to be a big problem for it to be a, a viable platform for some of the labels that we know that put out stuff and have basically built their whole shop front around Bandcamp. So I don't, I don't know. Does that seem like a, a realistic thing that's going to happen? Yeah. 
what my fear is, and uh, maybe it's kind of along what you're saying. My fear is, is that it's going to become much more uh, bigger label friendly, um, mm-hmm. and you're going to see maybe you might not see as much promotion of like smaller independent people. You know, oh, I, mean, I feel did, like a lot. They did basically I fire like, most of the people that write the cool <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> weekly. Oh, did they? Oh, see, that's a bummer because that's like some of the best content on it that is. website. Yeah. It is. Yeah. They had it, that Dungeon like, Synth piece recently. And I was like, "Damn, this is so great!" I like, send this to everyone now. Yeah, like they they have very like knowledgeable music people. It's like it's like almost like the people that I that I think like secretly listen to the show, and like four or five, six <laughs> months later, they post things that we were talking about. Yeah, it has <laughs> exactly. happened many times. Um, but yeah, I feel like a lot like over the years because I mean I've been going to Bandcamp before the show, not not as much as I do now, but I did. I would go to Bandcamp here and there. And it felt like it was a place to find a lot of small artists, you know, um, and you could get physical versions, you know, which I thought was really cool of really small bands if they had them available. And now when I look at it, I see a lot of names that I've, of bands and artists that I know and that have been around for a long time and are very well established. Mm. And you see them in the top, you know, you see them uh, higher up, I guess, in the promotional, like, you know, top selling stuff or whatever. And it's like, well, that's a bummer because, like, why are people coming to Bandcamp for you know big artists like let's just say the Decemberists I don't know if they're on Bandcamp but let's just say they put out an album and it's on Bandcamp it's like well why are you coming to Bandcamp for the Decemberists I feel like you should come to Bandcamp to find smaller stuff that stuff that's the people you know most people are not going to be listening to and finding and you can find that kind of treasure you know Diamond in the Rough or whatever I mean heck I just think of Drunken Dracula as a band I was in you know we put together like 50 cassette tapes and I would send like half of them to websites and things like that. And then the rest were sold on Bandcamp. And frankly, we would have never sold them anywhere. I mean, how would we ever have like got those into people's hands if not for that? We we had a freaking a concert in Austria of people playing our music. And it was all because of having like on Bandcamp where they were just able to stumble upon it. So I'm, I'm really, yeah, it's going to be a downer if it's, um if that goes away. Yeah, I definitely feel that they're going to, they're going to basically do what happened to Pitchfork when Condé Nast took over, where exactly. it's basically like, now we're going <laughs> to, now every artist of the month is going to be, oh, weird, another el- another band from Capitol Records, like, <laughs> like shit like that, where, like, and I, like, in my, like, because I remember I've been going to Bandcamp for over a decade, which blows my mind, like, easily, uh, like, 11, 12 plus years, like, I've been, we've been uploading stuff to Bandcamp for over a decade. <laughs> I know. And like Good. I remember when like um Discord put like their entire dis- discography up there and it like for free basically. It's like, well, now you can listen to all of our shit. And it's like that was super cool and then like I think Matador or Rough Trade is similar where like they they put a lot of stuff up there. So like I don't think it's I I would assume that Song Trader's goal would yeah, to be to get that next level of record label to put on to Bandcamp, but it's like well that's not one that's not what those labels want i i wouldn't i don't see why like because then it's like okay well now if they're selling stuff if they're not selling a direct this other company is taking a cut like all this other stuff so i don't i don't see i i don't see why other record labels like big big labels would do that but i would i assume like you said like that's what their push is going to be to push the big bands to push the top one percent of songs more onto people as opposed to Bandcamp now where yeah they have like their the default search is like recent releases that are best selling as opposed to recent releases of all things which is fine um but and like the 
the weekly picks and everything like that are rarely big albums or, or, or you know huge things that you're like oh i've already heard about this band like they'll have yeah. big-ish bands talk about bands that they're listening to which is i think really cool like proto martyr just did one like a month or two ago i think which which i thought was pretty neat um where it's like oh yeah this is what i'm listening to now or like i discovered this person on Bandcamp, and now they're opening for us on on tour and it's like well like that's that shit is like what you want to see a site like Bandcamp do not well here's all you have you have to opt into our licensing program or you'll not do anything but like again like the licensing thing is more from what i've read is you can opt into it and then you would get paid if your songs get licensed for other things it's not like they would take more again they'll probably start taking more upfront from sales which obviously is going to happen um yeah, but it never sure. it didn't happen when epic took over um yeah but they barely held it I yeah mean, i know i don't think i don't think epic touched to band camp at, a, at like a single i don't don't feel like a single thing changed when epic took over yeah, I mean, maybe some of the terms of service change we just didn't notice. But, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, anyway, yeah, we'll, I could we'll talk about this shit for for days. It's yeah, very um, annoying. <laughs> and speaking of like kind of pseudo biggish bands, let's hear our next song here. This is um, from I guess now a, a main person, uh, Jesse Kibble, with his song "Overgrown Ocean." I preferred it till I die. I preferred it from the nights and the days and the good times. I give myself to deceiving I give myself to everything To the eyes of man and the dog's hand There's no triumph for tragedy So I picked this one Sorry? What do you mean now, a Maine person? Uh, I mean, he lives in Maine, but he was from... Uh, he lived in Los Angeles. In fact, I should say, um, I know, Angel, you like uh, the band Kisses, right? That kind of neo-disco act from about eight years ago? I don't know. I yeah. love that band. Yeah. I, it's been a while since I've listened to them, but back, yeah, back when they were a thing, yeah, I definitely liked them a lot. Yeah. And I I've actually... Th- uh, this guy is from that band. Um, uh, he's also from oh, a band okay. I also liked cool. called Princeton, which was a, kind of a mid-2000s band that did some really pretty kind of pop music that was really popular on you know places like... Uh, what was it like? Uh, Gorilla versus Bear. You know, like a lot of those yeah. blogs that were hitting the spot and you know, shared a lot of their music. So he's someone who has some bona fide indie hits under his belt. You know, done some proper big tours, recorded some of my actual favorite indie music from the last uh, 20 years or so and he's put out a uh, a, a personal kind of uh, LP full length two years ago or so and this is kind of the, the new one here it's only this one song but I really like it I, I feel like a real like Peter Gabriel vibe to his kind of current persona where he's just taking all these little bits and pieces of all the things he's done trying to just have this big orchestral almost sounding statement um, and no I, re- I really liked it so figure craig what do you think of this is this up your alley yeah i mean it to go along with the last act i feel like this is another theatrical indie band um this one has that grime that i was talking about that, that i felt like was missing a little bit from goldfinch um mm-hmm. and like you said on the, the review of the album on Bandcamp itself which mm-hmm. on hill and i did notice was very normy 
um, <laughs> that this track is extremely good, and it does make me very excited to hear what the rest of the album looks like. Because like, it's because when they release one song and that's it, like sometimes like, oh, did they just release the best track that they know is the best, and then like to to sucker you in, or is like do they feel confident in all the other? Like it's a weird weird game to play like i rarely buy things if i don't if i can't hear the rest of it on Bandcamp. like i might have bought two things in my time where there's like one or two tracks up and i'm like okay i'm just gonna buy this now and mm-hmm. most of the t- and i think one time is because i knew the band already and i'm like yeah i'm gonna like this <laughs> and the other time was on a whim and um it was great can't complain yeah. so I mean, for me personally, like they're only making 200 copies of this. Obviously, I know, and that this makes is it hard like a... too, because then you're like, "Oh, I've got to buy it." Fucking capitalism. Uh, but also, I, I, in my mind, I feel like he is uh, Jesse Kibble is like one of the best songwriters right, around. Right. Yeah, and but, but again, I'm like, how is this I only going to no get 200 copies? It, what his background was? I'm not a total dork like you. I'm just a big nerd. <laughs> yeah. How, how about you, Otto? What do you think of this? Well, first I have to say, uh, now it makes sense as to why you wrote that very normal review. It's <laughs> because it's someone that you have a history of liking and you don't want to embarrass yourself <laughs> if they happen to read it. <laughs> oh, I would definitely embarrass myself. I, I I have to go back now and edit it. Now that you guys said, said it's too to me, I'm like, oh, I fucked up. Oh, it's yeah, like I was one. riding a ghost ship along the Bangor main coast oh, and a wave oh, were crashing I like down and as I've... As an icy Atlantic Ocean pulled me into its icy death, I oh, or more like, like, more like the fog. Yeah, <laughs> more likely, Bandcamp is just going to AI change all the reviews to like, <laughs> "This is wonderful, good job, I love it, A plus." A plus 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 plus. plus, plus. Yeah. We got to get back into the eBay ratings and style. I still, I'm, oh yeah. I just want quick side note. I love that the the eBay style of rating has st- has hung on for like twenty it's years on eBay. Oh yeah, great seller. A plus 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 plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because you have to use so many. I I can't just say like delivered. It has to be like, oh, you have to use this many freaking spaces. So you just keep on adding pluses to the A. (laughs) Delivered. What What a great feedback. Delivered. Well, that's what I wanted, right? Like I ordered it, unless it's like this was totally not what I wanted. What else I have to say? Yes, they did what they were supposed to do. They shipped the thing. Maybe that the listing, like the listing, was exactly as. Or like the item is exactly as listed or good communication yeah, like, if you talk about. Isn't that them. what you're supposed to do? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like going to McDonald's and be like, I, I gave a review. This. They gave me the but, Big Mac that I ordered so for the Big but Mac. But future people will know that they are not shady. I guess so. <laughs> God, what are you fucking new to this shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, for me, I thought it had really great production. Very full sounding. I like a lot of what was going in the background, uh, mostly I would say, which I thought made the song very cool. So there's like really there's like celestial voices. There's like a voice, some sort of voice sample that's kind of going on throughout. There's hand clap, hand claps, uh, really faint piano I could kind of hear. Um, so I, I thought that was all really great addition to the song, and I really liked the cover. Kind of gave it like a really good um, feel for how the music sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's one thing I want Bandcamp to actually implement. And this is going to be a very, maybe unpopular opinion with some folks. And I understand this is also a very American like outlook Th- on certain thumbs things. Thumbs up, thumbs down? No. Well, that'd be fine. I could live with that. Like, dislike? Yeah. <laughs> I no wouldn't go to dislike all the, all the uh, junk, junk and Dracula stuff. <laughs> There'll be a lot of dislikes on that. That's, that's not fair. Uh, no, what I actually want, and this is going to address something that we're going to talk about next episode and that Craig has already mentioned, there's a lot of bots now on Bandcamp. And part of the way to cut into that is you charge a nominal fee to post something. 
like I don't know, fifty cents, a dollar, and I know that you know a dollar to me it might not be the doll uh, a dollar to someone elsewhere in the world, and that might be like a big impediment on them sharing their music, but it is getting a bit ridiculous just how much shit like not just Bandcamp but YouTube and everywhere else it's just being inundated now with just garbage that is purely made on a computer and and I don't mean that like it's electronic I mean like it's literally just an AI piece that they post and they post over and over again so I I think they should do that Craig you think that's a good idea bad idea am I a good businessman here am I better than freaking everyone else who runs these fucking businesses (laughs) I I would say like a a site like like um like I, I could see in a world where it makes a little bit of sense for that to be where it would work but at the same time like it makes more sense to like to stop it before shit's posted it it all for them it all becomes a business thing like if them spending three hundred dollars to upload 300 tracks or 300 things nets them five hundred dollars they're going to continue to do it if Mm -hmm. if they're not selling them at all then they're then they they'll stop i guess but like they have to be posting it for a reason yeah like it's the it's the same idea with like oh like on twitter like oh we're gonna start you know you're gonna force people to to charge seven dollars a year like the new thing where it's like a dollar a month or whatever to stop bots it's like bitch that only improves like like the the whole blue check buying your blue check just enables the bots to be more effective like it's the dumbest thing possible like oh this is a legit business because they have a blue check i'm going to give them my credit card information oh uh, somebody stole all my money it's like yeah and it's like like that type like that that's where like it doesn't that is the business model the business (laughs) model is for bots if you get access and share disinformation like that's all it is that idiots yeah, and if, right? and, if they, and if they make more money than it costs to get on the site, they're always going to do it. Especially if you're yeah. just lending credence to their reality. If you're like, oh, there's no more bots anymore because our site is paid for, then you're like, oh, well, I can rest assured that this <sighs> uh, right. this idea or like this this product that clearly is fake must be real. I'm going to buy it. You're right. You're right. All right. I've been proven wrong here. <laughs> That's not going to work. <laughs> God damn it. Well, let's get to the next song that will prove on hell right. I don't know what that means, but this is, I think, from Germany. This is Akarabu with Raising the Serpent Force. You are also a Dungeon Synth aficionado, a fan, somebody who a dungeon loves... Synth, dungeon Synth Master. A Dungeon Synth Master, Ooh. very good, yes. And now, uh, tell dungeon me, what do you Lord. think of this this song here? Because <laughs> um, there's a little history to it, but uh, oh, what did you think of this? So, I, I think I know what you mean by history, because I was reading the, the uh, little snippet at the bottom, and mm-hmm. I have to say, I did not know that this label has been around since the 90s. That kind of blew my mind. Um, yeah, uh, you mean Dark uh, Dark, dark Age Productions? Yeah, sorry, sorry, I had to say yes. Dark Age Productions been around since the '90s. So I thought, whoa, that's crazy. I th- I thought they were like a newer a newer label, 
So that was kind of interesting to find out. I wasn't sure, like in the text, did it say like they personally this label releases? I I believe it said yeah that I want to say nineteen. It said like the cassette was released by Dark Age Productions in '96. If I recall, maybe maybe I misread, but I'm. I only remember them saying that they re-released it twenty on the twenty-two year anniversary, which still would have been two thousand eighteen. So that even then, like the the record label being at least five years old is kind of blows my mind, and it has to be well older than that if they're like re-releasing like. I guess this is a pivotal Dungeon Synth album or artist. Yeah. Well, we didn't I, include it in our Dungeon Synth episode. But well, that was your fault. What did you think of it? <laughs> I know. I fucked up. <laughs> well, uh, it was short and sweet, so obviously I loved it. <laughs> but um, I thought it was it was interesting because it was, it was a little different than some Dungeon Synth stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, In that it wasn't synth at all? Right, exactly. It had this really cool like Spanish guitar. Um, it had there was two types of vocals. There was like a female uh, vocal, very ethereal, um, kind of reminded me of some of the stuff that um, was her name Amanda that used to do vocals um, for uh, mm-hmm. my people Bear by Starlight. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me of kind of that kind of style. So that was kind of cool. Um, also, Chance, which keeping in the uh, keeping it in the creepy theme. Uh, Chance are fucking creepy. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I don't know why. Like they're somewhat religious, and it's just like one of those things. Where it's like, man, religion is kind of like really creepy at sometimes, and the, I don't know if they realize just how creepy they were. Oh um, yeah, they know. <laughs> they <absolutely know. laughs> um, they got they to scare you to come back to keep on coming yeah, back. Yeah. So you don't you know have face eternal damnation. Damn, <laughs> I, I go to a church with a giant bleeding guy at the center of the room. He's got like knives and stuff that too. It's like it's just a, yeah, like, that, yeah. Catholic shit's weird. Um, and oh, and then there was like a Jews harp, I think. So that was also very like different and cool. And yeah, it's, I thought it was a really great song. And I actually listened yeah. to the song afterwards, um, and it was also really great. So yeah, this is good stuff. I liked it. And Ryan's bankrolling this label, by the way. Oh, 100%. Like, I'm putting their kids <laughs> through college at the expense of my kids not going to college uh, to buy these tapes. <laughs> uh, no, but I was also these amazed are, by this. They're, they're I, investments, Ryan. They're investments. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all. I'll tell my wife that. That's, Wait, can, can I say something real quick? Sorry. Yeah, go for it. So I brought up the link because I had to know. It, this is what it says. It was originally released on Dark Age Productions in 1996 and oh, is being wow. issued on its 22nd anniversary. Shit. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So obviously a pre-Bandcamp force of nature. Yeah, that's awesome. It makes me love this record label even more. But I love this because, again, as Craig mentioned, it's not really a synth uh, thing. It's obviously predates dungeon synth as an idea. No one's using that term. Um, and it really is showing, in, like in the dungeon synth episode we did, like the different schools that kind of fed into what is now, quote-unquote, dungeon synth. It was like black metal. It was video game soundtracks. And it's also this kind of weirdo um, neo-folk stuff. Um, and, and I think this is like captures that kind of trend. And I just think it's really interesting. I got the tape, so I'm looking forward to blasting it for my kids who will hate it. It's going to be awesome. But, Craig, how about you? This is something that you can enjoy, I, even though you hate most Dungeons. No, I I don't know why you keep on saying that. I hate Vaporwave. I actually enjoy Dungeons. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. I don't, I don't, don't believe like it. Dorks. You don't like nerds making stuff. You're always like trying to give them swirlies and giving them <laughs> yeah, wedgies, the atomic like wedgies. The, the cool guy giving uh, nerds trouble. Uh, <laughs> fucking, the one who fucking... went as an ant for uh, Halloween. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, fucking yeah, jock bro over here. Uh, yeah, so like again, like it being all acoustic instruments with vocals and no synthesizers was kind of interesting. Um, and then it being released originally in 96 is even more shocking because it, it really does feel like it would have come out 
now-ish. Again, because, like, there is... I don't want to say Dungeon Synth is a growing wave of it power, is. but it re- I mean, it is it, in the under in the underground sense <laughs> a of that rising realm. force in Mordor. Yeah. It's oh, pretty God. much the new rock and roll. It really is, but no, like again, my Taylor my daily, Swift is going to be doing a Dungeon Synth record. My daily college. perusals, my daily perusals on Bandcamp come across a decent amount of like black metal Dungeon Synth fairly regularly, and it's it's all very interesting and cool. Um, and yeah, it's like, it, but it's still so funny because you read it and like this, like oh, the, the 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 main guy behind this was in like is in the this the prominent death metal band and like it's got some weird ass name that's like oh yeah that's a death metal band name and then they're like playing this like like you said like this neo kind of folk noir type stuff. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. just such a. It, it, it to me it, like it, it's sort of reminiscent of like um, John Darniel Darniel of the Mountain Goats where like he almost exclusively talks about listening to like weird Italian power metal and it's like and then like the music that he plays is like the exact opposite of it it's like well I guess people like like different things and create different things like it makes a little bit of sense but it just seems like so so distant to be like yeah I play black metal and this stuff <laughs> no it's great that's and that's why i love Bandcamp, where you get to share your little weirdo projects with everyone and uh you know it can get out there People yeah i hope uh hope uh, we continue to be able to share our little weirdo projects uh, i know i i'm i'm a little scared but it's it's gonna work out everything does right everything's good like this next song this is uh from from liverpool this is a band called myru the beatles song oh, oh yes uh yes uh with their song uh love me do It's not love me do. It's uh, it's it's actually called <laughs> Perhelion. Um, but Craig, you yeah, gotta some, pick yeah, this because it's this big and loud. Of <laughs> yeah, but you must pick this, right? <laughs> of course. Yeah. All right. So tell us yeah, about no, it. Craig. No doubt. <laughs> like, but to me, this is this is similar to Dungeon Synth somehow. Um, but this, so like this type it's dorky. of dorky. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, like this has really become like I don't know why like workday music for me like like the the idea of like this post rock influence like stoner sludge doom metal like it just it just it, it I don't know it just is white noise like it, it it's not white noise to my brain but it like clears my brain of like all my rage from working. <laughs> Um, but the, and they're very minimal vocals on this entire album. This the track itself. This track is completely sans vocal, if I remember correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and even even the tracks with vocals are quite buried in it. Um, but there's like so it's like buried, sort of screaming, but not quite. But it, in a good way. And I like like stylistically, I like that. Which I, I you know in the past, like my biggest complaint about most metal when it sounds great, I always have to worry. But then they start singing. You know, where it's like so much of metal 
like falls by the wayside when the vocalist starts doing whatever the fuck they're doing. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been enjoying this music tremendously for the last little bit, and it's because loud, it's heavy, and very, very calming to me, in a way. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, no, what do you think of this? Not really generally your cup of tea, but it is from Liverpool. No. You like England. And, and I do like tea, and they do drink tea over there. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, so I apologize. I think I kind of stepped over the name of the band, which I believe is Myru, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, case, in case someone didn't hear that because I was making a dumb joke. <laughs> um, so first I'll say this is probably going to sound dumb but I didn't know there was such a thing as post metal to me I thought, I thought this was just like post rock and then I looked at the tag and it was like post metal I was like oh I'm sure there's well, a post I mean, there must be a genre, post metal right? you, you, you right. had post exactly. before uh, yeah like I'm going to make a, a very dumb post blank joke and when we talk about our next set of bands. I, I, I'm really teasing the next episode. I think the next episode is <laughs> going to be a good one, guys. It's going to be amazing. We'll record in two weeks. It's going to be awesome. Guys. And release in about in, five. In not in half an hour. Um, <laughs> so, but I was going to say, um, I want to so I want to start a genre that I don't think has a post, uh, and it's going to be post-oldies. And okay. <laughs> basically, okay, so my understanding of post is like, you know, it's, Usually, people are very influenced by the non-post version of it, so like hardcore, you know, and then post-hardcore. But they like subvert it, right? They change it in some way. So my post oldies is uh, like a lot of things with the new, like the new oldies that I kind of have put on the show. They they're very um, uh, like the neo soul stuff, or not neo soul, like like the stuff that's kind of like they call it like soldies, uh, kind of like the these sacred souls kind of stuff, the Penrose stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they're they made now, but they sound like oldies from the past, you know. They, but they don't really change. Not, not a lot's really changing, even though there's yeah. been, you know, Like when of, you say old, years so oldies, like of history. early 60s rock and roll, right? Not yes, classic yeah, yeah. rock oldies. No, no, no. Hey, my no. oldie station plays Nirvana now, so. I know. That's funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so, so, so early 60s, early rock and roll. Yep, I got you now. Yeah, so post-oldies. So oldies are like, you know, a lot of love songs, very uh, chaste, you know. My post-oldies... It's going to be fucking, like, dirty shit. It's going to be, like, fucking rap almost. It's going to be, like, just a lot of, like, sex, uh, sl- uh, like, uh, cussing, you know, just very adult-oriented uh, oldie stuff. Uh, maybe so to go back gun- to the, the talking previous about guns. joke, instead of, like, love, love you do, it would be, like, hate, hate you <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. You know, I always found that, like, the post, like, for post-hardcore, it really just means, like, the original stuff, the hardcore, is not very good. And so if you, we had to do something like to make this actually listenable, and that's what the post kind of comes yeah, in. Yeah, we made <laughs> it sound better, just... and, and the tracks are now four or five minutes long instead of 35 seconds. <laughs> and it's not utter garbage just made by kids like with a boombox. Um, you know, it actually sounds like something you'd want to listen to. Unlike, like, the Soldies, the Oldies are, are good. Like Otto said, like, they're just basically trying to copy that. They're like, yeah, hey, this is good. We don't have to do anything to this. These are awesome songs. Um, yeah. We absolutely have to fix hardcore. Yeah, I mean, like, like post-punk um, is, like, usually very bass-heavy. <laughs> Right, like with a with a kind of driving baseline that's kind of cleaned up, whereas like regular punk is just like like trying to play, not like it's just mm-hmm. awful. It's, again, yeah. terribly it's recorded sucks. shit. That now it sounds nice. Yeah, I mean, I lo- I love oldies, but you know, and I love the instrumentation and the structure of all the songs. But I want to hear about you know some guy getting his dick sucked in that style. <laughs> so what you know, that's all I want. That uh, you really wow. you're really changing the uh, the meaning of the word doo wop on that one. Whoa! <laughs> Speaking of doo-wop, let's get to our next band here. This is Bacow Rhythm and Steel Band with their song, Halloween Theme. Halloween Theme. 
So it's got to be an on-hill track, even though I wouldn't like normally say this is uh, on-hill music at all, but because it was Halloween-themed, I think you were the only one who had an explicit Halloween theme <laughs> yeah. in your track. <laughs> this is uh, the yeah. literal Halloween theme. Like yeah. you said. That's so funny. <laughs> put it at the end of the show, a show about Bandcamp, which is very scary and creepy. Um, but Otto, tell us about this. <laughs> did you just type in Halloween and you found one? You put it no, in no, 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 no. So this, so this, you did that, didn't you? No, I didn't. This art. No, this up. band is a, completely. This is this band is an on-hill band. I can tell. One because they released seven inches, <laughs> oh, yes. and well, two, so the seven band, inches are all sold out. <laughs> <laughs> so this band is on a label called Big Crown, and Big Crown is the label that Lady Ray is on, who I've put on this show oh, a couple times. Yes. So, so I've seen that I've seen their their singles when you know perusing that that store a lot, and I saw that they did a Halloween theme, uh, or sorry, a Halloween. Well, so this is the B side. The A side is the Stranger Things theme song. So they did like a Halloween theme seven inch of like you know spooky music, I guess, or whatever. So there's Stranger Things, and then there's Halloween. Um, I don't like Stranger Things. I like Halloween. I like John Comper- Carpenter music. So I chose this one. And it's different, you know. It's it's um, they're a steel pan or steel drum kind of band. Um, so the main line is done by the steel drum, <clears throat> but they they change the song up by making it really funky, and you know it's got a little good rhythm to it, um, which is what I enjoyed about it. You know, enough to make it different and make it listenable. So that's why I chose it. Mm-hmm. I put it in my notes. I like the vibe of the vibraphones. Pretty good, huh? <laughs> Greg, what do you think of this? <laughs> not, can we, can I'll, we I'll get this guy? Yeah, cut that. Please. Oh, I worked really uh, hard on that. <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Yeah, like, I, I, this is going to sound mean, but I don't mean it to be mean. Mean it to be mean. mean. Anyway, uh, definitely not something I would ever listen to on my own. Um but I do find, like, it is a very cool take on, like, some pretty, well, one, a very classic theme, and uh, the other, a modern classic theme, like, for, for tracks. Like, I did listen to both, and it, it, it is kind of neat that it, like, yeah, like, it, it, obviously it feels and sounds like those tracks, but in very much their own way. Like, it's not, I, I thought that was very cool. And uh, to tie it into the uh, the whole song trader bandcamp thing like it's a shame that uh we'll never be able to hear these songs because they're not allowed on bandcamp anymore oh wait and, we're, we're, and this we're artist to it now <laughs> <laughs> and this artist does a lot of uh i think their thing is they do covers i think i think most of their other seven inches are covers hmm. so goodbye <laughs> yeah like again like that's what makes the macro blading thing seem so oddly bizarre like this somebody must have had like a like a very official complaint just about him then like for I, which i guess you can if you look at any of the records oh you yeah, can yeah submit it for like uh you know for whatever reason i guess copy copyright or I, I think they have some hate speech rules as well like you can't have your neo-nazi i love hitler song or whatever so <laughs> which is always important yeah <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought this song was good, though. Other than my awesome line about the the vibraphones, I, I, it was catchy. It was good. And, uh, I'm glad <laughs> people don't. People aren't going to understand that now. I have to take that line. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. It's so much harder for me to do my <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're we're near the end of the show here. We, we got to talk about our best in show and any final comments about the the future of Bandcamp here. But I'm going to go first. 
the the song I I like the best. I was gonna pick my own song, which is Jesse Kibbles, but um, uh, I'm gonna have to go with Evil Sword because I really like that one, and that was a, a fun find. Thank you, Arno. How about you, Craig? Um, well, all right. So if I'm I'm gonna pull a Ryan then, because I was gonna do Volatile because when I bought the album and it's so freaking good. Um, but I'm gonna go with uh, Ryan's choice of Jesse Kibble. As I mm, I followed good. him and I'm I can't wait to get the uh, the notice that the full album's up and then I'm gonna click play on it and I'm gonna enjoy it. All right, very nice. How about you, Arno? Well, I was gonna do a Ryan and pick uh, my own song, Evil Sword, but um, I'll go ahead and go with uh, Craig's song, Volatile. <laughs> <laughs> See what we did there, guys? Very good. Very we clever. love each other. Very it's like nice. we planned it. Well, is, I did like that song. Anything- it was good. Is there any hope for Bandcamp? We were very negative about the possibilities, as one should be in most of the things in the modern world. But uh, is there any way that this could turn out to be good? No. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. No. Okay. I, let me. I'll give me like twenty seconds. Um, and I'm going to talk way more. <laughs> right, than that. And I'm going starting yeah, now. <laughs> talk way more than that. No, like I don't. I don't. It's very difficult to envision a world where Bandcamp will get better because of the purchase like it might get some things might get cleaned up like hopefully the spam stuff and all that other shit gets cleaned up but i don't see them willfully improving what Bandcamp is today into the future where there's more focus on cool music that nobody's listening to they're definitely going to push music that people already are listening to because that will drive more sales and money to them so i don't think it's there's i don't see a world where it'll get better um but i don't think it's and i don't feel like they're gonna fuck it up so bad that it goes under because again they have hundreds of thousands of releases now that they basically own the licensing to so if they fuck that up like they just ruin a steady supply of new things where they could potentially garner income off of and so like that's my only hope is that they're so greedy that they sort of leave things kind of alone but it's not gonna get it's not gonna get better we we literally just watched one of the richest men in the world last year buy a very popular website called twitter now called x and just drive that shit right into the ground. Yeah, but everybody so knew you, that the, that was going to happen when it happened, before it happened, well, because Elon Musk is, is a moron who doesn't know what he's doing, and people are finally realizing it, and it's driving him insane, which is kind of cool to watch in real time as he destroys a website that now no longer But we're functions. giving a lot of faith to this company that they're going to make sound financial decisions that will benefit them. Has that worked for a lot of folks who end up with these big, massive purchases? Well, Bandcamp, so. but that's the thing with Bandcamp. It's not a big, massive purchase, right? Like it, it's more it, than I have in my checking account. Well, yeah, but it's not like it's not a $40 billion thing. That's true. So, like, I know. Any, any positive yeah. things? Or is it. I mean, again, my, my only positive thing is it is like it's, it's not going to completely get destroyed <laughs> within a year. Okay. Well. <laughs> the only thing I can hope for is that if if this does go to shit, that something else pops up in its place. Yeah. Because the the alternative, like right now, like SoundCloud, I think it's garbage. Yeah, I mean SoundCloud's another yeah. major, like again, like a VC type of a thing that's meant to make money. Like that that's a, that was the cool thing about Bandcamp. It was it was never designed to be a huge. Like it was only going to make money if the bands made money. Right, 
And yeah. it did, and it has, and that model has worked very well for a long time. But in the world of American capitalism, it's not enough money, man. And it's like, and that's the problem. Like, it makes, again, it makes no sense. Like, you have Uber worth $60 billion, and they lose 2 to $3 billion a year. Yeah, but they're really smart because they have an app that makes it so you don't have to pay a driver very much money. <laughs> right. You have to pay more money for the food than if you would just go to the go get it. Go to the restaurant's website yourself, <laughs> who will also deliver it for you. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. God. Right. I don't I, I hate I don't understand I don't understand economics. I just know making more money than sell like should be good, but that's not how it works in, in America. Anyway, yeah. peace. Bye bye. <laughs> And happy Halloween. <laughs> Ooh.